This is the Rich Report with Tom and Sam Rich. Tom is a sports super agent. And Sam worked on baseball salary arbitration, is a longtime criminal lawyer and defense attorney, and is the author of Waiting for Cooperstown. And together, these brothers bring you the Rich Report here on Sports USA. Thank you for listening and downloading The Rich Report with Tom and Sam Rich. You can find us on SportsUSAMedia.com, on iTunes, the TuneIn app for your smartphone, and on iHeartRadio. I am Brandon, and we are going to welcome Tom and Sam Rich to the show. And we had last week off, and we are back now, and we have to just very briefly discuss the Super Bowl. We were kind of talking about it off the air, and of course... Everybody knows by now that uh, crazy interception by Malcolm Butler of the New England Patriots. With 20 seconds remaining, you think they're going to run it and give it to beast mode. Instead, they pass the ball. And uh, Russell Wilson, not the hero. Tom Brady obviously winning, and uh, the Patriots are the champions. So, question to you, Tom, when you're watching it, do you think that, I mean, obviously if they completed the pass... Pete Carroll would have looked like a genius and nobody would be talking about how crazy or how dumb of, of a play it was. But what did you think when you were watching that? Well, I didn't think they would, they would have thought he was a genius if it was completed because it didn't require that kind of play. If it were third down, yeah. But on second down with Lynch after he had just pounded through for four yards from the five, and because of the kind of runner that Lynch is, or in the alternative, the quarterback himself, you know, either sneaking, it was less than a yard, or rolling to the right and having an option would have been a higher percentage play than the one that they used. But uh, the other thing is uh, that it was a combination of a pick by you know, Browner, Boxed out the uh, tended receiver, and of course, you know the other guy stepped right in and froze him off the ball and took it. But yeah, I thought it was a very, very uh, questionable call. But it's awful easy to second guess when things don't work out. But it was a high risk call considering the low risk effort that should have been done on that down. But after all, Pete. He is a great coach, uh, you know, and there were great coaches on both sides of the ball. So I feel bad for them in that regard. But it, it was it was bizarre. It was a very unusual call at best. I mean, what's crazy is you had uh, basically two rookies. I mean, obviously, we just talked about uh, the interception and Malcolm Butler you know, for the New England Patriots. But uh, Chris Matthews of the Seattle Seahawks, their wide receiver, made a couple of big plays throughout the game. Uh, what did you think of uh, – yeah, he was terrific. What did you think of uh, the call and uh, the Super Bowl, Sam? Well, I, I have a personal policy of being kind in judging the the calls by the, by the coaches because uh, they know a lot more about that aspect of the game uh, than I do. I agree it was a high-risk call under the circumstances. Uh, I do note that the play came within an inch of being successful, but like Tom noted, 
the pass receiver kind of was successful in, in blocking off the, or the defensive back was successful in blocking off the pass receiver. But it was literally a play that failed because of an inch. Uh, I thought it was a great uh, Super Bowl game. Uh, I don't agree with those who say it was the greatest of all time. I don't agree with those who say that uh, Brady established himself as the greatest quarterback of all time. But those are the kind of discussions that are are good for the game. Uh, maybe the people are right. Uh, maybe I'm right. Uh, but those those kind of disagreements, unlike other kinds of disagreements, are very healthy for the game. Now, Mark Cuban, obviously the uh, wealthy billionaire and owner of the Dallas Mavericks, had uh, criticized everybody. He basically said that you're an idiot if you uh, criticize that play call. And, well, I guess I'm an idiot because... I, I couldn't believe it when I was watching it. You know, I'm like, what are they doing? They have. I can understand if you don't have a run game or if you're not uh, confident in your running back, but you have the best running back in the league being Marshawn Lynch. Beast mode. He was running over people. You have three downs, 20 seconds left. You give it to him. I, you know, either that or the second play I would have ran was would have been Russell Wilson. I would have had him sneak in there, like you said. Exactly. But, uh, it's just crazy. I guess I'm an idiot. No, you're, well, we know Mark Cuban. And I love so, Mark Cuban. Uh, and that's a story for another day. But yeah. you could very well be right, Brandon, that, uh, that there were better calls that could have been made. But this is the way the coach chose to go, and uh, it didn't work out. So they'll have to see what they, they could do uh, next year. I think it is kind of ridiculous to, re, to refer to people who have an opinion on the subject that's different than the coaches as idiots? It's nothing like that. It's it's just a uh, a fan's uh, disagreement uh, with the way the game the way the game was run. The thing I would point out too, you know, because of their stock value, of course, dominates the discussion. That the performance of both quarterbacks was. Outstanding. Russell, his long arm, his long passes, these, uh, if the lofty gets on the ball and enables the receiver to have greater opportunities in the catching zone, he has proven to be a far, far better passer to go with his great running talent. And Brady, of course, with, uh, Real tight coverage coming on the Gronk, et cetera. He hit his Pony Express guys time after time. Both quarterbacks played brilliantly, in my opinion. And and you notice, Tom, that you'll recall that neither quarterback came into the NFL as uh, highly regarded. That is absolutely true. While we're on the topic of uh, the NFL. Let's talk about, I mean, there's going to be a lot of uh, stuff going on in this offseason. There's going to be, I'm sure, you know, several rule changes. What's, we'll get into the concussion settlement in a little bit, but what is, I'm going to go to Tom first, what is one rule? What, what would be the first rule, if you're Roger Goodell, that you would uh, implement uh, in the offseason? Well, they need to really get together because they have to clear up some things, but the, the play involving... Uh, the pass reception and the taking it to the ground thing in a football move. I mean, he, I, I just, 
I don't accept uh, what that rule is and the way it applies. That should have been a completed pass and a fumble is what it should have been. A fumble that went out of bounds and they should have, that should have been a pass completion. But that's one rule. The business about the kind of play that happened in the Detroit game, that was awful. Yeah. I mean, there were three different fouls and there were three different penalties, including when, you know, Brian came running out in the field without his helmet, which is an automatic, you know, 15 yard penalty. Uh, the point is, they have a lot of work to do. And then there's the business with the football, for God's sake. They, how can you leave, you know, can you imagine leaving baseballs? in the hands of people other than the officials, oh, yeah. the umpires. And speaking of that, and I'll just leave it on this, we have talked about this several times, and a lot of people have talked about it too, uh, and will continue to, about the you know deflated football controversy. We have said repeatedly, there is no evidence been presented yet, none, zero, as to the specific implication of uh, the coach and the quarterback or whoever in some octogenarian gentleman that went into the men's room or whatever, however, ways mm -hmm. that number of years. The point being that we still haven't had any presentation of evidence, and this is part of the problem that football's run into a lot. This due process thing, there has to be a presumption of innocence until somebody proves something after a proper investigation, and I mean a proper investigation. So they got a lot of work to do. You know, I've, I've written about this, and I think the league has had a very, very tough year. Everybody knows that. They have a lot of good minds up there, and I think they'll fix a lot of stuff. But the officials are another problem. They did not have a good playoff. There were too many calls and too many games that were heavily influenced by less than good officiating, even though there are a lot of terrific officials. Just one of those teams. It was a bad run and caused a lot of difficulty, and some of the games were decided because of it. Now, I asked for one uh, problem, obviously, the NFL. I mean, they've got tons of major issues to solve. What would be one or what would be the first issue that uh, you would resolve, Sam? Well, I would like to see them do something about breaking the plane rule. I don't think uh, holding the ball over the, over, over the goal line uh, should be a touchdown because I think that leads uh, to a lot of uh, questionable uh, play by the man with the ball, I think to score a touchdown, you must carry the ball uh, into the end zone, and part of your body, uh, not your hand, uh, has to go with the ball uh, for it to be a, a touchdown. Uh, I think the things that Tom talked about, the handling of the balls, I think an another thing that would be easy to correct, I would like to see more instant replay on pass interference. But uh, I, my favorite change, not the most important, my favorite change would be 
uh, would involve uh, the breaking the plane rule. And, of course, the handling of the footballs should be a no-brainer from now on. Well, I think that, you know, the thing that Sam raises about the breaking of the plane rule, that flies in the face of 180 degrees, this necessity of taking the ball to the ground and holding the ball. You know, that's the opposite application of what constitutes a touchdown. And I believe that the breaking the plane rule leads to a lot of funny plays. And also, it leads to a lot of things, just like what happened in the Bryant play, where you try to do things that risk the completion with the rules the way they are. You know, because when you stick your hand out with a ball and somebody slaps it out of there before it crosses the plane, you not only don't get the touchdown, you lose the ball. Yeah. So it, it doesn't make sense. There's things that have to be, and these, like I say, these guys are smart guys. I think there'll be a lot of progress in a lot of areas because there was way too much controversy in these playoff games that really affected the game. You know, some of the cracks in, uh, in the shell of the uh, application of the rules. Now, let's switch topics and let's talk about the concussion settlement. Now, Tom, you are on Twitter at Late Inning, and you have been tweeting a bunch of stuff in regards to this. Um, what's your take on the latest uh, developments? Well, I think there's uh, obviously the judge disallowed or did not approve the settlement and rejected it. Uh, in several specific uh, respects. And I certainly agree that that should have occurred. It's too exclusive. Uh, It doesn't permit people that deserve to be included by far in the class in many respects. The other thing is, you know, they have a cap of $765 million. That's not going to fly and I said so last week when I wrote about it, and the judge, Judge Brody, ruled. And the, the league did come back in the last couple of days and indicate flexibility on those issues. But it, it still has a long way to go. It shouldn't be accepted. This is a prodigious problem. Isn't uh, the settlement proposed now up to about a billion dollars? Well, I, I I think as it goes now with what you take the cap off, and I, I think that'll be more yeah. in the range of it, but there's a lot of aspects that need to be tightened up because it, there, there are too many people that are left out that are eminently qualified to be included. What's your take on the settlement, Sam? Well, my, my take is that uh, the judge... Uh, Apparently, the judge indicated at first that she was amenable to the settlement, and when she heard testimony and comments, uh, uh, she had doubts, and she invited both sides to comment, and uh, no final action has been taken yet. But I do think one of the interesting aspects of this litigation is going to be its trickle-down effect. Is there going to be litigation involving the uh, the NCAA? Is there going to be litigation uh, at the high school level? Uh, recently, 
uh, a family uh, filed suit regarding uh, the suicide of their son who had played in, in a Pop Warner League. Uh, so I, I think the the implications of this not only affect uh, the National Football League, but uh, I, I think they potentially uh, affect uh, every aspect of football at every level. Now let's talk about bringing a team to Los Angeles. Uh, the NFL recently, I guess Deflategate is on hold because they have formed a committee comprised of six NFL owners, Robert Kraft of the Patriots being one of them, and uh, they're supposed to basically go over you know, the various cities and stadium plans and all that kind of stuff as far as bringing a team to Los Angeles. Now the owner of the St. Louis Rams wants to bring a uh, or basically pay for 90% of it and build a brand new stadium in Inglewood where the uh, newly uh, refinished uh, forum where the Lakers used to play back in the day uh, is. I'm going to go to Sam first. What do you think of uh, this committee? And I mean, it's long overdue. Obviously, Los Angeles needs an NFL team. What do you think? I mean, I'm guessing it's going to be the Rams. I mean, it could change to the Raiders. There was talk of the Chargers at one point. I mean, what's what's it going to take to bring an NFL team back to Los Angeles? Well, I, I think you're right on point, uh, Brandon. I think it's, you know, I don't have a dime in it one way or the other, either as, a, as an investor or a fan, but I, I think... A, the National Football League needs to be represented in that uh, Los Angeles market. Uh, so this, this and, and I think they've needed it uh, for a long time. I do think that uh, there will be action along that line. One question I have, if some franchise like St. Louis doesn't uh, get the rights to move into uh, Los Angeles, that suggests to me that maybe you need a second team as a partner for uh, Los Angeles so that you have an even number of teams and everybody can play on on Sundays. And the other question I would have, is there some other candidate, some other viable candidate uh, for movement uh, besides uh, besides St. Louis? You know, there was discussions about the Raiders going back again, Discussions about several other teams. There have been discussions about an expansion team, but there are some places. Uh, you know, it's been very valuable in terms of television because they don't have any blackout problems in LA. But the time has come after all these years, and there have been some very powerful, formidable people who have made tremendous efforts at great expense. To get a team out there, the league has uh, taken its, you know, exercised its authority the way they see fit and have taken their time. I definitely think it's going to happen. The Rams, I do not believe, and, you know, I have no, no control over it or influence over this. It's just uh, from what I understand that the Rams don't have any quote, inside pole position because they were the team in L.A., you know, prior to the mm-hmm. Rosenblum thing and moving out of L.A., et cetera, et cetera. So 
this is going to be a story to follow because it's a heavyweight game. Conky, who owns the St. Louis Rams, is a very formidable guy. He's real. But there's a lot of real players in this game. So, Tom, if you had to pick a team, a current team, who would you pick to uh, move to Los Angeles? You know, this is one of those things that uh, I think is too close to call, but I would not bet against Crockett. But he does not, because, like I say, he knows his stuff. He's a real estate guy. He's a sports guy. He's very formidable in his record in Colorado and and St. Louis. He's a player, and he has, you know, a hell of a shot. But this is big. This is a big poker table with some big players. Now to let our listeners know, if a current team wants to move to L.A., it's going to require three-fourths of the owner's vote. So basically 24 out of the 32 owners need to approve the move. Do you have any final uh, comments, Sam, before we go to break? Yeah, one quick comment. I hate to see a city lose a franchise that is being reasonably well-supported. And uh, I, I hope that doesn't happen. And we're going to go to break. We want to thank everyone out there for listening and downloading The Rich Report with Tom and Sam Rich on SportsUSAMedia.com, iTunes, the TuneIn app for your smartphone, and iHeartRadio. We are going to come back and talk baseball. There's been some huge off-season moves. A couple of organizations stand out, and we're going to talk about that when we come back. It is The Rich Report with Tom and Sam Rich. We'll be right back with more of The Rich Report with Tom and Sam Rich on Sports USA. If your credit card bills have gotten out of hand, call Consolidated Credit now. If you're making the minimum payments, but your balance is just not going down, call Consolidated Credit now. If the interest rates on your credit cards are so high, it will take years and years to get out of debt, call Consolidated Credit now. 800-230-7157. They've helped over 5 million people with credit card debt. They can consolidate your debts into one lower payment, reduce your interest rates, and get you out of debt fast. If If you're struggling with credit card debt, Consolidated Credit Programs will teach you how to get out and stay out of debt. Call 800-230-7157. 800-230-7157. That's 800-230-7157. Consolidated Credit Counseling Services Incorporated, 5701 West Sunrise Boulevard, Fort Lauderdale, Florida, 33313. Not a loan company. Licensed by the New York Department of Financial Services or by the Vermont Department of Financial Regulation. Maryland DM19, Oregon DM80031. Services are primarily educational in nature. The experts at Web.com want to build your business a successful website for free, just like we did for these current Web.com customers. We've used and looked at other website designers, but there's nobody better than Web.com. Web.com can build your website in as little as seven days free. Plus, we'll promote it on all the major search engines like Google, Yahoo, and Bing. If after 30 days you're happy, we'll continue to provide promotion, hosting, support, and maintenance, all for one low monthly fee. If not, cancel and pay nothing. If you're in business today and you don't have a web presence, you won't be taken seriously. Call right now and you'll also get a free .com or .net domain name for your new website powered by VeriSign, the world's leading domain name provider. Call 800-577-5195 or go to web.com slash radio. That's 800-577-5195. No upfront charge for site build, after which ongoing fees apply. Rights to site are relinquished when canceled. Domain included during active service, after which fees apply. 
Sports USA's The Rich Report with Tom and Sam Rich continues right now. We are back with The Rich Report with Tom and Sam Rich. Another big off-season move in Major League Baseball. Kansas City Royals, or former Kansas City Royals, ace James Shields going to San Diego. The San Diego Padres making moves in the offseason. Of course, getting Matt Kemp, Justin Upton are some of the big names that have gone to San Diego. And now James Shields. And of course, there's a couple of other big teams in Major League Baseball. A couple of Chicago teams that have made some really good moves in the offseason. So, Sam... What team stands out to you? Well, Brandon, uh, you mentioned uh, the three most prominent, but I'll mention a fourth team, uh, and that is, well, I think Seattle, I, actually, I guess there's five. I think Seattle made some very big moves, and I think uh, Miami uh, has made some very big moves, and I think uh, they're right up there, and I think Seattle's right up there with the big three that you mentioned. Tom, what is uh, your take as far as uh, what what team stands out to you, I mean the Padres to me uh, probably are the more ex- most exciting team to watch. I think coming into the season, but uh, what team stands out to you? The Padres have, have definitely put themselves in play in the West of the National League because there are a lot of changes at the Dodgers, and they still have lots of talent on that club, and the Giants which is a great organization, obviously <laughs> testimony to that, three World Series victories in five years in this era of 30 teams and playoffs and the long, long season. That's quite an extraordinary accomplishment. And uh, they have a first-class organization to back it up. But they've taken some hits. You know, losing their big third baseman is a big one. Yeah. And so I would say that, you know, going in to the season, the Dodgers, you know, are, are probably the, the favorite. But I think San Diego and San Francisco are, are going to be fighting hard, you know, for even a, you know, a wild card position. But I think they're both going to be formidable. So San Diego is real. They've done an extraordinary job here, although they have to get some breaks with non-injuries. Kemp, for example, you know, he had a a very fine second half, but he's, you know, they need him to have a full productive season along with Upton, et cetera, and they have really strengthened their pitching staff. Shields has been a 200-inning guy, you know, he's at that stage where that takes the big toll. But he is a gamer. They don't call him big game James for nothing. But also the White Sox, wow, what a job uh, Rick Hahn and that organization have done or accomplished to make themselves relevant in the Central. The Tigers have been weakened, and now this injury to Martinez is a big blow along with losing Scherzer and Cabrera, who's been, the, you know, already a Hall of Fame sure thing, uh, is recovering from surgery, but he'll probably be all right. But it's just been very, very impressive. As Sam said, the Marlins are going to be, you know, very tough, and, and their young 
that arm that has a heart, the uh, Tommy John surgery might be back by midseason and ready to pitch. But they're going to be very formidable themselves. But the cops still got a ways to go. But boy, what a drama that's been. Their, their front office and manager and that whole situation and all that young talent. Uh, Wrigley's getting renovated itself as, as far as the field is concerned, and so is the ball club. Cup Power is going to be back in play in the next immediate years. So it's been very interesting, and some things have been hurt real badly by deals. You know, Oakland, for example, uh, is one, although you never want to underestimate Billy Bean because he's just too damn good to underestimate. But it's going to be an exciting year for sure. And remember, it's a huge, long year. And there will be a ton of other deals made at the trade deadline where we'll be going through this daily swim involving star power changing hands. So it's a long way from here to October. And uh, any final thoughts, Sam? Yes, I, I think uh, that just as uh, significant as the teams that upgraded are the teams that have been uh, quiet or have taken hits. Uh, now, recently, the Tigers took a big hit with the announcement that Victor Martinez is going to be out for, for quite a while. I think before the season is over, as I've said before, I think that Cincinnati and Philadelphia... Uh, are going to have huge impacts on the pennant races, not because they're in them, but because they have players whom they're likely to trade off who can help to decide uh, who does uh, win the championships. And then uh, real quick before we end the show, Tom, who's your favorite to uh, win it all? Oh, Washington. Whoa. (laughs) But again, it's such a long, long journey across the Himalayas, you know, to the world championship. But Washington, in my opinion, is by a healthy margin the best team of the 30. But uh, that's why they play the games. And what about you, Sam? Who's your pick? Well, I, I think I'd, I'd prefer to wait until spring training's over before I come up with the situation. I think right now Washington is uh, the uh, leader uh, in the pack. But uh, even though the Dodgers have made some curious moves, I think uh, I think the Dodgers are very formidable, particularly with that starting pitcher. And uh, the Nationals right now, if you are a betting man, 6-1 to one odds, they are the favorites to win it all in 2015. Dodgers right after them, 13-2 to two odds, and then the Anaheim Angels, or the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim, 10 to 1 odds. And the team that made probably the most moves in the offseason, the Padres, they are now 18 to 1 odds. So those are pretty good odds. I mean, I would put maybe like 20 bucks on the Padres. Why not? Why not? Well, look at Kansas City. They were a lot more than that going in. And uh, we are going to end the show on that. We want to thank everyone out there for listening and downloading The Rich Report with Tom and Sam Rich. You can find us on SportsUSAMedia.com, on iTunes, the TuneIn app for your smartphone, and iHeartRadio. And follow Tom on Twitter 
at Late Ending and follow at Inside Sports USA for the latest on the Rich Report and all of our other podcasts. Till next time, this has been the Rich Report with Tom and Sam Rich. Thanks for listening to the Rich Report with Tom and Sam Rich. You can check out more of Sports USA's podcasts anytime at sportsusamedia.com, iTunes, the TuneIn app for your smartphone, iHeartRadio.com, and the iHeartRadio app for your smartphone. There you'll find Snakes Takes with Jake Plummer, Conversations with Joe Morgan, Ted Sobel's Excellent Sports Adventure, and the Fred Dreyer Show. This has been a production of Sports USA.